I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today, I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Welcome back to How to Travel in a Journey. On my show today, I have Stefo Shambo in Thailand. Hey. <laughs> hello, hello, Alexandra. Good to be here. Thank you for coming and uh, making the time difference work for the two of us. Stefo is an immense relationship coach using tantric methods to either help people who are single or in relationship to have a deeper experience in their relationship or find maybe what we call true love in today's society or soulmate or whatever you prefer to say. So Stefo, that is so beautiful to have a man on the show. Um, talking about this very sensitive subject that is out in the open in our new zeitgeist and that I see that blossoming actually in this uh, healing society where men come more and more together to form uh, circles to find their identity Let's talk a moment about that. Do you witness that as well? You know, this new kind of zeitgeisty mm. men need to learn to talk about things. How do you experience this? Right, right. Great question. And uh, definitely there is more of a grassroots movement of men starting to also get interested in self-development. There is still a big gap and lag Uh, behind men and women. Women tend to be more prone to self-development, to work on the relationship, to want to go to therapy and those kind of things. Mm. Uh, not, to, not like with everyone, of course, but still mm. we have this explosion in the world of women's empowerment, right? And the men still kind of are lagging behind a little bit, but on a grassroots movement, we can see some changes happening but uh, i feel personally that it's not yet spread to the mainstream you know and that's what i want to do to help spread it more on a global level than just these mm. small grassroots movements here and there but i think it's a very very important thing to do so men can step up and uh, really become integrated and uh, aware and whole so uh, men and women The masculine feminine can meet in, in, a, in a place of healing and uh, equality. And I think that's really what the planet is needing right now. And I feel this can really help to bring the, the world to a better place. So, yeah, great question. Yeah, it's a form of new communication because I also seen ideas of bringing men back into their manhood by you know going out in the woods and chopping a, a tree in the middle of the night you know or sitting i mean we talked a little bit um, before we started this interview about these different roots of tantra where 
the scholars um, and the neo-tantrics kind of fall a little bit um, away from each other in trying to keep something true. And I, I know that in the scholar tantric version of the teacher I follow, he had to sit alone in the jungle for a night. And it can be quite scary. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it, I think, or maybe I can, we'll see. Um, but why do, why do you, what is the difference in these movements where men are playing up to what we think men should do and be to what you are doing, you know, or what is kind of coming from the grassroots up in, in new ways of working together as men amongst each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, what I find is that uh, right now there is this kind of uh, difference between those men who really take that time, like you said, to go into the cave or go into the woods and or sit and meditate or go into retreat and stuff, because really, it's there when we can find our, you know, belonging or, or find our purpose or find a meaning or find something deeper than just our personality of being a husband, a dad, a son, or a worker, whatever it is, right? So uh, I think that's important for both the scholar or the neo-tantric. All men should have some kind of practice of, of solitude. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's answering the question but maybe you can uh, uh, rephrase that question yeah i can rephrase that question by asking you to describe a little bit what you do currently maybe in your work with men what do we have to envision or the listener who hasn't googled you yet you know in what what happens in your seminars in or mentorship programs what are you working with really when you when you work with men to to improve their relationships or mm -hmm. find their mm -hmm. true love. Yeah. So uh, what I'm doing basically is uh, working with transformation rather than information to mm. put it in, in just a simple term, because we know right now that the internet is full of information. Mm. All of us human beings that have, an internet connection, either on our phone or our uh, computer, have access to all the knowledge in the world that kings 50 years ago didn't have access to, or the library in Alexandra, whatever, you know, it's like that we have access to all this knowledge and information, but still people are struggling. Hmm. So the question is then, why is that? If we have all the knowledge, it's not a problem with knowledge. Mm. We have, we are knowledgeable human beings here. So the issue is transformation, meaning how do you apply it in your life? And how do you experience this in your body, in your life, in your relationship? So that mm. is what I am focusing on. Instead of all these like books YouTube videos and online courses that gives you more information. We're rather focused on an embodied experience of how can I, you know, heal these past uh, patterns or trauma and shadows or whatever they are. So you actually feel the shift, the feel the change in your body, right? So that's the main difference. And, and that can look in many different ways. It can be that, 
you know, someone's relationship is falling apart because they have a, a people pleaser or a nice guy syndrome, or maybe they are emotionally unavailable. They're not able to be vulnerable, access their feminine side, right? Or maybe they haven't integrated between the masculine and feminine. Maybe they have a, you know, daddy issues, you know, a father wound there, and they've never had other men around them to kind of just hold that space, get that initiation from, you know, so, and there can also be sexual dysfunction, you know, they are not confident about themselves and they are not confident with uh, the opposite gender. And they, you know, these uh, dysfunctions are causing misery in this area of the life. Many times you don't notice this about these men they're successful you know they they look just like a normal regular guy but in the relationship in the bedroom in closed doors that's where they struggle and they usually do it alone because it's not as accepted for men to ask for help for support because it seems like a weakness or it seems like Oh, you can't do it yourself, right? So we still need to get over some stigma in order for men to be able to be as accepted in the personal development space as women. Yeah, and it belongs to the field of, you know, men don't want to feel that or don't want to cry in public. They don't want to speak, uh, you know, with loving words. It could mean that they look weak. And yeah, I, I totally relate to what you say. It feels um, it feels like we still have a little bit to grow to me, you know, like looking at my own history with men and so on and so forth. It's something that is so set so deeply in our subconsciousness so how we women react is sometimes also from a subconsciousness i believe yeah. it's not because we want to treat men like that or we want to be like that well yeah i can't speak for every woman but you know but that's yeah. what i say here in the field of healers and you know people who are working on self-development as you say so what led you to to find this subject so important i mean what was the turning point for you to really right. notice it is in this this right. way of looking at life mm. because i experienced this myself right so i had my own challenges and journey and suffering in these areas you know so that led me to you know go out in the world and seek answers and transform myself and i was luckily i was lucky enough to be able to find the right mentors find the right coaches find the right teachers to help me and support me and guide me through this process and you know uh, becoming an integrated man and empowered and feeling uh, confident again you know so uh, when i had experienced this i just noticed that this is an amazing thing and it's changed my life forever so i wanted to pass this on basically i noticed that this is something very rare in the world and that life-changing transformation that i had uh, not many other men around me had had the same thing so i wanted to offer this as a way of like passing it forward and also realizing that, like we said before, this is so, so important in the world right now. So that's my belief that, you know, my purpose is to, 
you know, help one man at a time to become integrated and whole again. So we can, you know, make the, so I can make the world better, just like one man out of the time, because uh, that's what I saw in myself. And that's what I see in my clients. And that's what I want to pass on to the world as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not um, hidden, you know, on your website. So I was hoping that you could tell a little bit about that dark night of the soul, which I often bring to highlight in the, in these podcast shows to understand what can, that the simplest thing sometimes can turn us on, you know, and we can't just think that a certain thing only needs to turn us on, like, you know, sitting for 11 hours on a cushion and meditating might not do it. It might be something really, really real. So what was your, you know, reality experience of the dark night of the soul? Mm. I mean, I cannot pinpoint it to just one thing because like the, the it, it's we're talking about like a period of 10 15 20 years right and and it's just layers of an onion that's being peeled right so so my my trauma comes from you know not growing up with with a mother right that was there for me that could take care of me that could love me so there was this wound of the feminine so to speak so my dark night of the soul was kind of to go through the pain and the absence of feeling abandoned by the feminine, right? And then, because I hadn't healed that shadow, so to speak, I attracted those kind of situations, relationship, women into my life. So I experienced this pain again and again. And that was my dark night of the soul. I was like, I, I couldn't handle it. I didn't have any tools. I didn't know what to do. I was just overwhelmed by these emotions and just really depressed. And, and going through all that, which was very, very difficult, turn, also turned on to my strength and my intuition of like, I have to search for meaning. I have to search for answers, right? So that small voice inside of me, like, brought me out of it out of there and, and and went on this quest to kind of find answers mm, so it's these in these patterns i i know when we talk about the dark night of the soul it seems like the key lock but it's not as you say you know it's like this we, we're finding that we have to go through the hero's journey or heroine's journey as women um, again and again um, to discover patterns and these patterns show up like this or that and when you're then called into into a certain work it might be something that has been lingering and you know waiting there for you how did you know you were carved out for this work I mean what did you do before and what made you be a coach or mentor or whatever mm. you know yeah coach you call yourself right? yeah yeah, I, I never knew, you know, I never thought I'm going to do what I'm doing. And, and and this one thing led to another, starting to heal these things, starting to uh, uh, reconcile my past and my shadow and all that just brought forth this uh, uh, other purpose into my life, right? So I it didn't just like come like that. And one night I had this idea that this is what I wanted to do. I was living it right? This is what, that was my life, 
right? So it was just easy for me to kind of share that with people around me and then share it with the world. So it's kind of like a step-by-step process, you know, like first I experienced it myself, then I became a yoga teacher, then I became a workshop facilitator, and then, you know, like one thing led to another. So it was not like doing a, a men's mentorship program. That was not like the first thing. It was just like a natural uh, uh, succession of these things and just seeing what kind of gaps can I fill in the world that is really needed right now. Mm. And how is um, how would you describe the tantric path you're on because I mean we're talking about yoga and there's obviously hatha yoga which everybody does now in the gym and wherever in yoga schools um, I mean if if I come a little bit from a scholar background as much as from a practical you know but you know I know that there is a right hand path and a left hand path you know and the left hand path is obviously the one that's connected to tantra and the other one is to what we generally would call the hatha yoga so How did you move from yoga the way you did it before into experiencing Tantra? For me, they were always uh, interconnected. So Mm. uh, I have always uh, from the get-go like uh, incorporated them and and studied them at the same time. So uh, for me, I I don't find these discrepancies between the two. I I can feel that they both have value and you can use both. As long as you're clear on what you're doing and communicate what you're doing. So you not pick up like a technique from a hundred years ago, or it's just invented by Bikram or whatever, like recently, and say this is 2000 years ago from the, you know, uh, scripts of Tantra, Mm -hmm. you know, like don't lie, you know, just be truthful about what you're doing. But as long as you're truthful about that and just like, uh, uh, like this is where it's coming from and these are the benefits that I'm seeing I think that they combined work are really really good they're really powerful so mm-hmm. you have uh, uh, techniques from classical tantra which would be like meditation mudras visualization working with energy right also hatha yoga and then more the left hand the neo tantra would be more sexual cultivation and uh, sexual enhancement and uh, embodiment and uh, uh, psychology work and things like that. Hmm. Um, I'm And now that you named it, you know, like we're talking about real practices that men can study around, like how they enhance sexual capacities of pleasure, for example, right? so is this, where do you do your workshops is the first question I would ask, you know, <laughs> how do you mentor? Is this like something on site, like people need to come to you to Thailand? No. no. Hmm. no. It's all online because uh, what I notice is that people cannot usually travel for nine weeks. They're busy, they're, they're a father, they have a business, they're, you know, have a wife that needs their attendance. Like they have a life. They, it's mm. hard for people to just take two, three months and just go somewhere and just pause their whole reality. So I do everything online and, uh, and I've 
I have noticed that that works even better because then everyone can join from whatever they are and we bring together the whole world into this online meeting space, right? And it's mm-hmm. really, really beautiful. And I meet some of these guys afterwards and you know what? It's almost like we have known each other for a long time because even like we speak now, Alexandra, it's like, yeah, you are in Europe and I'm here in Thailand, but still we make some connection. We can see each other's mm-hmm. eyes. We can we get, can get a sense, a little bit of energy exchanges as well of how the other person is. So, mm-hmm. so this actually works. It's really powerful to have this online format. And I think most people are aware of that now after COVID, many things went online, right? So right mm-hmm. now I do everything uh, as an online mentorship and uh, it's really, really amazing. Yeah, it is so helpful. And still, as you say, you know, people are longing for connection. And I think uh, we are all longing to step a little bit out of this Zoom reality. (laughs) And I know what you're saying. I was very astonished when I had my first long distance relationship, you know, and Zoom wasn't there and we did it through Skype. And what can be transmitted once you're really connected um, on a heart level, but Still, we're looking for that connection with other people. I wanted to add that to what you say. I know it works, you know, and if you want to receive teaching you can't get in your own city, village, wherever you are, you know, country, then of course it's nice to have people like Stefo and myself. I do it also online, you know. A lot of my work is now online to receive that. And um, so how do you see this quote that, a scholar usually kind of quotes to me, my teacher is about, you know, everything happens through transmission, you know, and he means not only that we do this energy exchange that we have here where we feel really connected because we're open about what we're talking, but where you also know that the touch needs to be there. Did you ever receive that kind of um, transmission? And do you think you can you know, you, that would be a next level up for your own work or what is your, <laughs> right, right, right. That? Yeah. So since I, uh, yes, I have received transmissions from my, my teachers and, uh, but I also realized that it can happen online. So since I am not very heavily focused on like classical transmission, you know, I don't need to have that touch there. Like for mm-hmm. me, what's most important for my clients is not the format. It is the result and outcome. Mm-hmm. If by the end of my program, they save their relationship from a divorce, then they're happy. They don't care if it was online, uh, you know, if it was in person, if it was on Mars, it doesn't matter as long as they save their marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a certain level of transmission in the way of structuring live calls and recorded exercises, there is some level of transmission, but not the full Shaktipat, right? And uh, and I do have follow-up programs that now are in the making. So people who have graduated, they can come and get the full experience. Uh, but I also know that one of my teachers, Sadhguru, I know if I don't know if you're familiar, but he's doing transmissions now mm. online since COVID happened. So one of his signature programs usually only could be done in person for this very reason of mm. the touch. Now it's actually online as well. So even 
uh, a real living tantric master is now doing it online. So I think something is changing and maybe there are some effects there as well. Maybe it can travel. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, and maybe it's also something that need to be demystified or broken into the new reality. After all, we are facing new realities, as I like to call them. It's like money is disappearing, you know, crypto uh, currency is coming up, a new found exchange of empowering mm -hmm. the the population coming back to empowering not only you know where you start and i start it's so nice to help one person to transform in the hope that they will give that forward you know and then it becomes very quickly a network of people um that heal and at the same time we need also to see that people need to take that up again that um How would you call it not only the power but also the effort of taking everything in life as a, um, a downside and upside you know that we we, we are taking responsibility that's what i wanted to mm -hmm. say uh, for that and so yes and maybe this is the new generation of healers and teachers that are coming trying to find new ways of spreading what wants to be spread, you know, the, the force of Shakti, of yeah. love, of, you know, yeah. awareness, whatever comes. Mm. Yeah, it's this open source, right? We have open source, like Bitcoin is this like open source monetary system, right? But then also like Tantra used to be secret and passed down only from disciple, from guru to disciple, right? And now it's kind of, it's open a bit more the secrecy and mm. it's not as esoteric. It wants to open up to the world, this knowledge, because, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, masters feels it's time. It's time the world really needs it as well. So I feel, yeah. yes, we need to modernize. We need to kind of go along and, you know, not be stuck in all paradigms whatever paradigms there are you know like in the world with a man and woman with but also when it comes to spiritual practice and philosophy i think we we can learn from that but also realize that some of these old paradigms were made thousands and thousands of years ago and might not work in the modern day reality so modernization i think is sometimes really really good wim hof for example is a really good Uh, way of modernizing Tibetan Tantra. Yeah. Uh, so he's taking a classical tantric technique called Tumo. He modernized it and boom, it mm. goes worldwide and is super, super famous right now. And that is actually classical Tibetan Tantra that people are doing. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good modernization. <laughs> I love it. Why not? We need more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're true. And I think that's, uh, it depends on who you taught with. I, I have not met him person personally, but I was uh, in one of those satsangs with uh, Sadhguru. And when he does what he does, it's really amazing. He can touch so many hearts. And at this end, I think he is one of these gurus that stands in between, you know, the old and the new. And We'll see how we move forward as uh, people who take on the responsibility to spread that kind of word. And also knowing that it comes, as you said before, you know, from a, a source that has proved itself over 
thousands of centuries, you know, hundreds of centuries, so to speak. Yeah, thousands. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I feel like Sadhguru is a modern day saint that we're going to look back to in the history books of like, this is a huge person living on the on the planet Earth, you know, and it's kind of like the Mother Teresa of, of the of the modern day or something like that, you know, like I feel he's impacting so many people. I think it's one billion people right now that he has spread his yoga techniques to. And, you know, he is a tantric yogi, but mm. he doesn't use that name because it's convoluted and it's misunderstood. Mm. But it's really, really cool. We have a tantric guru who is spreading this ancient knowledge to, to people in a, in a very uh, easy, simple way. Yeah. Yeah, so we went quite through a few subjects here. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming. Um, but I appreciate your openness in where you come from and what you do and how you experience it. It's always refreshing, even like for somebody like me who's been studying for a long time in on different paths and very kind of disciplinary, you know, uh, who's cutting loose. And if you maybe there is a lot of people out there and students that need to hear that too you know you can cut loose from the tight strings and in in the wish to make someone's life better and not just to teach the next best yogi or to discover the next great yogi but we all need a little bit more care and loving and freedom in ourselves and healing mm. obviously so I always like to ask at the end, you know, is there something you want to pass on to the listener as an advice or as a gift or whatever you want to call it <laughs> or an invitation? Mm, yeah. I mean, we only have one life. Why not make the best out of it? You know, love relationship is like uh, the, one of the biggest things in our life. Right. So uh, let's let's focus on that as well, because when we fix our relationship within our marriage or within the boyfriend girlfriend or whatever it doesn't you know or boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend when we fix that small micro relationship i think we also fix the macro on a, on a global scale so i think it's really important to also you know invest time energy and into this area so we can live a life that is fulfilled and happy because most people on the deathbed they say one thing i regret the most is not to love more and spend more time quality time with mm -hmm. my loved ones right so yeah. life is so short so you know go and do that if you don't have a great love life right now you know that's where i come in as well you can go to tantricacademy.com i have free trainings for men who are single from men who are struggling their marriage, whatever it is, mm. go there and watch the training and see if it resonates with my methods, you know? And uh, yeah. so uh, that's what I have to offer. And that's the message I think is the most important for, from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. After all, that is like an exchange and creating life. You know, when you, we have sexual encounters with our partners and um, it's the other end of the stick of what we're facing. We can't get out of this alive, as they say. hundred <laughs> so, percent. Yeah, hundred percent true. And so make the most out of it. And yeah, thank you for 
being here together with us today, Steffo. And Thank you, Alexandra. Love the conversation. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and I hope so did you, dear listener. And we'll see you on the next show. Bye. Bye-bye.